our empathy is definitely one of our superpowers as highly sensitive people, but it can also be, can also have a bit of a, a dark side when we can't really modulate our empathy and we feel everything. So especially when you're working with two, three, four, or maybe more people in one day, that can be particularly difficult to boundary, but also to leave at the door once you leave the, you know, once you leave the office and go about your normal life. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast. I'm Frida Carbo, founder of Sensitive Success Circle, the mastermind for sensitive coaches and changemakers who want to create success in their way with the help of their sensitivity. I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand with my husband and two kids, working online, creating the life and business that I love with a mission to help others do the same. One of the things I learned is that we have so much wisdom inside when we learn to trust and take aligned action. And even though we're responsible for our journey, we don't have to do it alone. I do this work because I'm committed to helping highly sensitive, introverted, intuitive coaches and changemakers to do the work they are called to do in a way that works for them. I know it's possible and creates so many ripples. My intention with these episodes is for you to be inspired, empowered, and to know that you're not alone in your business adventure. If you haven't already, come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Carbo. Thank you for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Welcome. In this episode, I'm excited to talk to Beatrice Sornick about how we can sharpen our abilities as highly sensitive coaches. Beatrice is a coach specializing in career transitions for sensitive people. She is a qualified coach supervisor with a particular interest in Jungian psychology, transactional analysis, and the HSP trait. She is passionate about doing meaningful, purposeful work in the world in a way that's aligned to our true nature and supportive of ourselves and others. Welcome, Beatrice. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thank you so much, Frida. So tell us a bit about your journey and how you come to do what you do. I've always had an interest in psychology and people, perhaps partly because of my own background and my upbringing. And, you know, perhaps as HSPs, we resonate with not feeling like we fit in or not feeling like we belong. So that really made me interested in, you know, what makes relationships and what makes people behave the way they do or do the things they do. I studied psychology and I really wanted to become a psychotherapist after graduating, but that was going to be very expensive, especially in, you know, as as a first graduate in my home country of Romania. So yeah, I ended up having a very eclectic, career journey, uh, which included working for Google, working for an American high school dropout who became a millionaire at like 23, writing uh, World of Warcraft (laughs) guides for players. And then I ended up having more serious jobs as well in like um, sales. And then my last role before I left and started my business, my last role was in uh, HR leadership. And I think that coincided with period of some health issues and burnout as well, which I think many HSPs tend to to go through or at least get close to. And that's when I knew I needed to make a really drastic change in my life, a drastic change that will be supportive for me long term for who I am as a person, but also for my health. You know, I I have uh, two autoimmune conditions and I know I'm not alone because uh, many um, HSPs, I don't know why, but I 
think many HSPs tend to sometimes have either chronic illnesses or autoimmune conditions. So yeah, I just, uh, I've known for several years that I wanted to become a coach. And I think when I got to that point of burnout and I knew things were just unsustainable, and even if I made some small changes, maybe I took some time off work or felt a bit better, I knew that it wasn't going to be long term. Yeah, I feel like I, I jumped straight in into something deep, but that's how I that's how I got to train as a coach and become a coach and then a coach supervisor as well. Yeah, jump in the deep end. That's what, what we like. It's perfect. <laughs> so what made you want to go into the coach supervision? That was more of a coincidence, though I think you talk quite a bit about intuition and following you know i feel like to some degree as hsps it's like we're connected to something greater not necessarily in a you know in a religious way but perhaps our intuition or however you know however someone might resonate what word and i think sometimes the right opportunities come and cross our path. So yeah, actually, I wasn't planning to become a coach supervisor, but that just, that just was an opportunity that I couldn't say no to. And when I actually started training, the journey of training to become a supervisor was so transformative for me, it completely changed my coaching practice, which I didn't expect, I became a much more courageous coach, but I've resonated so much with it that I, I want to focus on supervision. And it's actually, you know, to this day, supervision actually takes the biggest part of my business at the moment exciting yeah i totally get that with following the intuition and taking the opportunities that, that comes up so looking at supervising highly sensitive coaches what is the the biggest challenge that you see for us I think just perhaps digging into the the biggest challenges, I've noticed sometimes, I think the word supervision, and perhaps this is my own challenge with the word supervision, because when we talk about supervision, it sounds like someone is supervising you. It sounds very managerial, doesn't it? And I think it's really important to get clear on what this word supervision is for perhaps any of your listeners who haven't been exposed to to this word or to the experience and for anyone who has experience with coaching supervision is very similar to coaching in the sense that it's about supporting you to to work on your practice to work on yourself as a coach how you show up or the challenges you might be experiencing when you're working with clients and making sure that you are at your best and i think especially as highly sensitive people or highly sensitive coaches and now I'm getting into your question about challenges we are very in tune with people right then it can be very easy for us to feel so connected to people's stories especially people's suffering or stories of um, challenges or troubles that we can feel very invested in their in what they're experiencing and we can sometimes absorb emotions and sometimes we find it difficult to digest emotions other people's emotions or feel stuck or feel like we're ruminating over a session that took place the other day. So I'd say these are these are some big challenges. Our empathy is definitely one of our superpowers as highly sensitive people, but it can also be can also have a bit of a, a dark side when we can't really modulate our empathy and we feel everything so especially when you're working with two three four or maybe more people in one day that can be particularly difficult to boundary but also to leave at the door once you leave the you know once you leave the office and go about your normal life yeah definitely and that is one thing that i wanted to ask you about as well 
because I see that many, many coaches become very tired after a coaching session, mm-hmm. but because it's very intense and you get into it a lot and put a lot of energy into it. And then after the coaching session, you're really tired. Do you have any tips there or what do you think makes that? I really like what you said about putting a lot of energy because that's certainly something I've been tracking in my own practice and something I've been working on in my own supervision. I think many people who go into a helping profession, regardless of whether we're an HSP or not, are you familiar with the drama triangle, you know, the rescuer, victim, persecutor. So I think each one of us have a perhaps a default state when we're perhaps stressed or when we're not completely in flow, we all uh, go to one of these ego states. And I think in helping professions, the rescuer can be very uh, present. We want to help other people. And very often we we have had our own histories where uh, perhaps we've needed support and that's what led us to this work. So then sometimes unconsciously we can be rescuing or um, not necessarily rescuing, but having this, almost like we have this impulse while we're in a session. We're like, oh my God, like I really wanted to do something. Thing, to see my client that they're happy to stop to end their suffering I, I really I don't want to see them you know suffering in this way and this is what leads us to feel you know perhaps a desire to give advice in coaching even when we know hmm, perhaps that's not the right thing for me to do or to work extra hard and to put in a lot of effort in a session I know I started this related to your question but I can't remember your question <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fine. It was totally interesting. So uh, just how we can uh, avoid being so tired after a coaching session. So tiredness, in my experience, working with highly sensitive coaches, tiredness is very often connected to putting in more effort than necessary. And it's very often for highly sensitive people to have perfectionism or to be really ambitious and conscientious. So we want every session to be absolutely amazing for our clients and to get a lot of value for money. But I think tiredness is very much our body's way to signal to us that something isn't in flow. Somewhere our energy has leaked, whether it's through our empathy and feeling too invested too close we're too close in the weeds of our client's issue or we're feeling their emotions too deeply or we're trying too hard in a session so then when we're trying too hard we're trying to find the perfect question perhaps if the client says uh, I don't know you know we've all had a client who says I don't know constantly in a session or many times then we it's almost like um, the client is pulling back And as the coach, we're starting to fill in the space towards the client and start to put in more effort and more effort. So in terms of tips of managing our tiredness, you know, prevention is the best cure. So having an awareness whenever we're tired, asking the question, where have I worked too hard in this session? Where did I feel? And we can often, we're so connected with ourselves that we have this advantage that we can feel into our body or feel into ourselves. Where did I feel? It's almost like this feeling of being pulled towards your client. You're no longer in your center, but you're going towards the client. So 
asking yourself that question because if you can become aware of those moments when you start to do more effort in a session then you can next time you can prevent that and be more conscious of it the second thing is being aware of our own rescuer patterns if we have them i don't want to generalize not necessarily everyone has them but if there is a, a little rescuer in you if you're listening um, like i've discovered in myself then working through my own rescuer patterns sometimes i've noticed that for me I need to make others feel better because then I feel better. So I sometimes I get my satisfaction when I know that another person has been helped. But sometimes that means that this becomes my agenda because I want you to be happy, fulfilled or achieve your uh, goals and not have a challenge. Sometimes the journey is longer and it can be valuable for us to learn to sit with people suffering and honor that sometimes their journey will take longer and not try to rush it definitely love that and trust that it's their process <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that can be difficult right because mm. we were there to to help them and we think well i'm getting paid to help them achieve their objectives so yeah I hear yeah you. <laughs> yeah definitely uh, what do you see as the biggest strengths as highly sensitive coaches? So many. <laughs> I think a highly sensitive trait just makes us naturals for coaching because we're so naturally in tune with people. We're able to sense the subtle. So we're really able to see what's happening for a person in the space. We notice the, the micro expressions, the changes in tone and pace, and also where I've practiced my coaching and my supervision, I've been able to become more connected with myself and notice what's happening inside me. What are the feelings? What are the physical sensations that are being evoked in me as I work with this person? And then having the courage to bring them into the process has made such a big difference because you start to realize that sometimes you feel something, even though the client is just speaking, but you feel something that isn't is a bit discordant to what the client is saying. So then sometimes having the courage and saying, oh, it's really interesting. I feel some suddenly feel some tension in my stomach. What's happening for you right now? And they might say, oh, it's so interesting. Now that you've mentioned it, you know, the, the topic I was just talking about in the last two minutes, that brings up tension for me, but I was never aware that that was happening for me. So I think as HSPs, there is so much opportunity to use ourselves as a pool, as a conduit, the coaching space to really um, support our clients. And of course, our empathy, our intuition and having the courage to use our intuition because very often we, we try to, we think, oh, you know, there's something I'm feeling and we think, oh, that must be my stuff. I'm just going to write it on a piece of paper and work on it somewhere else. Very often that can be really valuable to bring in the space. So then knowing that we can trust our intuition, but also how to bring our intuition into the space. These are huge opportunities for highly sensitive coaches and strengths. I guess that finding the balance between giving advice and following what comes up and that you mm -hmm. feel that comes up. Yeah, and sometimes it's a balance between working with the client's agenda and the deeper things that can come up in the space. So, you know, perhaps a client wants to work on very simple, practical things like making a plan to go to the gym four times a week. But then 
very often there is a deeper agenda and as highly sensitive coaches we can sense that there is something deeper so yeah it, this is probably a much bigger topic but it's about it is about finding the balance between helping the client create new awareness while also helping them with the challenge that they're bringing and i call this sensitive success so what does success mean to you I love this question so much and it's also a very deep question for me because I think in my corporate career success was how much you earn and the position you have so how quickly you progress in an organization but I've noticed over the the last you know three and a half years since I became a coach that you realize in hindsight what success means to you. Like, for example, the other day I, I woke up and I thought when I used to work in HR and recruitment, I would have to speak about our company all the time. And it was a great company that I was working for. But, you know, when you have to present a very positive image about the company to potential candidates, for example, sometimes you didn't feel completely aligned with the things you were perhaps saying, you know, because you have to present the brand rather than your own beliefs or things that perhaps don't work for you and I realized do you know what since being a coach I every day when I post or I share something it can be completely what I truly believe and it can be my authentic self 100% so I have full control over what I do and that's you know it sounds like a very small thing but it's a very big thing to being authentic and I think for HSPs the more you can be yourself and the more you can be authentic, that will bring success in absolutely every area of your life, from your mood and how you're feeling to, you know, financially to working with people who are completely um, aligned to you, all of that. Yeah. So being able to work only four hours a day, four days a week, that's definitely big success for me. Being able to um, have um, therapy, to have my own supervision, to have a coach, being able to go to the gym. So I have two hours every day when I, you know, spend preparing and going and coming back to the gym. And when you work a full-time job, that really, you're not um, able to do that. And the fact that I'm able to support coaches and do really meaningful work, that just fills my heart up every day of that yeah wonderful really about doing what we're aligned to so if someone wants to know more about you where can they find you yeah my website is beatricezornek.com where i share more about uh you know, how you can work with me in supervision, how I work with highly sensitive coaches in supervision, um, also about my career transition uh, practice, uh, coaching practice. I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook and LinkedIn. So great. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, I don't think so. I'm just noticing now, having spoken to you, how just how deep I was able to go. So thank you so much for holding such a beautiful, beautiful space today, Frida. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for being here. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is put together for you to see what is possible and how to use your sensitivity to create success in your way. If you know anyone who would find this conversation useful, please share. And if you share this on social media, tag me in and I would love to reshare it. Come over and connect with me on Insta at Frida Carbo and tell me your biggest takeaway from this episode. Thank you for listening and remember to keep shining so that those who need your help can find you.